The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell. Joining us on the phone is the White House Deputy Communications Director, Herbie Ziskund, and he's here as we just marked the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Monday. Good morning, Zerlina. Good morning. So just to get us started, we've been talking uh, this morning with our callers and, and throughout the course of the last week about what's been going on with the documents. Um, and as you know, the, the audience of this show in the mornings is the progressive base of the Democratic Party. And I think a lot of our listeners have some questions about what's going on from the White House's perspective. Can you give our listeners just a, a overview um, of what you can tell us? about what's happening in this ongoing investigation um, leading up to uh, the search over the weekend of the president's home. Well, good morning, Zerlina. It's good to be back. You know, what I can tell you is that, as you've heard the, the president say, he takes classified documents and information seriously. And that is why he has been and his, uh, his lawyers have been cooperative because they want DOJ to take a thorough review and uh, the president and is confident that this will move forward expeditiously. Uh, and it's, there's a distinction here. There's no stonewalling. There's no name calling. This is about being fully cooperative uh, with the DOJ review. And I will tell you, Zerlina, you know, the focus here for, for the, the White House is on the work of the American people, is on the work of continuing to deliver results to lower prices, to continue to create jobs, to build an economy, as the president talks about, from the bottom up and the middle out. Uh, And so we are focused on the work that the American people are focused on. This is uh, being handled by the White House Counsel's Office. But the work of the American people is where uh, I certainly am focusing. And it's uh, what we're doing as we get here on a Monday morning to kick off the week. And at the end of last week, the president um, did speak in front of a bipartisan group of mayors about the first two years of the Biden administration, which you uh, just marked last week. What is on your list of things that, from the White House's perspective, that you've accomplished over the course of the first two years of the administration? Yeah, well, Zerlina, time flies. I was actually stunned when we, when (laughs) I saw it was, it was January 20th. And I realized that I kept thinking it's been a a quick and a long year, both of those things. And then I realized, actually, no, it had been two years. Uh, but look, when you take a step back and you look at where the president and the vice president were when they were sworn into office, uh, there was a pandemic that was raging. There was a, an economy that had uh, fallen into a pandemic uh, uh, recession, and they got to work. And if you look at the results here, they uh, since taking office, 11 million jobs have been created. 750,000 of them are are jobs in manufacturing. Unemployment at a 50-year low. Black and Hispanic Americans, people with disabilities, 
record low unemployment. And it's the result of, uh, of the president's economic plan of passing the American Rescue Plan, of passing the bipartisan infrastructure law, the Chips and Science Act, the Inflation Reduction Act. This is a lot that got done. And, and that's all before you get into gun safety legislation, the most uh, important gun safety bill in 30 years, confirming judges, uh, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. You know, you have to go back really about 60 years to find a Democratic president in their first term who who got more done. And uh, it's a credit to this president and it's a credit to the vice president and the team here working with uh, Democrats and working with Republicans uh, to get things done over the first two years. And one of the things that I think a lot about as you went through that list is there was a level of skepticism, I think, in the media broadly when the president first sworn into office talked about being able to work across the aisle <laughs> um, and, and trying to work with Republicans um, to pass big pieces of legislation. Now that you have a list, um, do you feel, how does the White House feel about that? Vindication? What, what words would you use to describe how the White House feels about that point of view where President Biden said, well, I have all the exper- this experience in the Senate I, and also as vice president, so I had the experience to be able to get things done, and, and he did. He did. And it's a validation of President Biden's theory of the case that uh, coming out of the previous administration, taking off as weeks after January 6th, that he could reach across the aisle and, and work with Republicans to get things done. There was certainly a lot of skepticism about this. And he did it. And I'll tell you, Zerlina, you know, three weeks ago on I think it was January 4th, the first public event of 2023 the president traveled to Covington, Kentucky, and stood under the Brent Spence Bridge. Brent Spence Bridge connects Cincinnati, Ohio, with Covington, Kentucky, one of the most important bridges in the country. Uh, it actually a significant percentage of U.S. GDP is carried over that bridge every year. And the president stood alongside Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. They don't agree on much, but they do agree on, on certain areas where we have to work together. And they stood under that bridge to announce funding from the bipartisan infrastructure law, which uh, Senator McConnell voted for funding to repair and rebuild and expand the capacity of the Brent Spence Bridge. This is something that uh, presidents have promised from both parties for decades. It's in dire needs of investment. No one got it done. President Biden got it done. He got it done working with Republicans. And that is really the theory of the case here, which is in the first couple of years, it was passing these bills, passing legislation. But now we're moving to implementation. And now we're seeing companies. Uh, invest across the country as a result of these bills, many of them bipartisan. So it's certainly, uh, when you look back over the first two years and look at where we are now, it's a it's a validation of the president's theory of the case that we can come together and find common ground. Uh, and when you see companies like QCells, a solar company investing in Georgia, and you see TSMC, a semiconductor company investing in Arizona as a result of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Chips and Science Act, uh, it's a validation of a strategy, and now we're just now the fun start. The fun part begins, which is actually implementing these bills and and watching them make a real difference in people's lives. A lot of these um, lessons are going to have to come full circle as the debt ceiling fight um, is underway. How does the White House assess um, handling this new Republican majority, which we all watched? I think. I mean, we we all watched, and we're sort of like giggling along for the 15 moving to the white house but the 15 rounds of voting as a as an american voter i found that entertaining 
Um, but there are serious issues like the debt ceiling right in front of us, and, and it requires um, some type of cooperation. The White House said that they are not open to any compromise on that. Is, is that still the position, or um, is there any wiggle room in terms of trying to come to some sort of resolution quickly? Well, the president, as he has said, is clear that he wants to work with Speaker McCarthy and work with congressional Republicans, Democrats, independents, uh, but Republican colleagues in good faith to continue taking on inflation, to continue bringing jobs and investment back to the United States. There's a there's a lot of work to do. And and he wants to work in good faith with folks on both sides of the aisle on behalf of the American people. You asked about the debt ceiling and it's not a negotiation. This is an obligation of the country and its leaders uh, to, to do their duty and to avoid economic chaos. That's not negotiable. But there are, you know, as you'll, as we're, we're starting to see, there's a, there's a contrast between two different economic visions here. You know, the, the president's got a plan to build the economy from the bottom up, the middle out, to strengthen and protect Social Security and Medicare, uh, to invest in, in key priorities that will strengthen American competitiveness, uh, and making, you know, making sure that wealthy and, and big companies pay their fair share. You know, that's a different point of view and a different perspective than we've heard from, you know, our friends on the other side that have a plan to cut Social Security, cut Medicare, cut other programs, uh, impose a national sales tax, which would hurt working families. So there's certainly different uh, competing visions here for our country. But we want to work with both sides. The president wants to work with the Republicans uh, in, on, in good faith. Uh, to get things done for the American people. So, you know, that's the focus right now. As I mentioned uh, in the last hour, uh, it's the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, January the 22nd. The vice president um, spoke over the weekend about all that's at stake now that we're technically in a post-Dobbs era. Um, what is the White House focusing on in terms of continuing to project reproductive freedom and access um, to the full slate of care? Uh in, in all the ways that are legally possible for the administration to do, what, what else is on the list of things um, the White House is considering? Well, the, pre the vice president traveled yesterday to Tallahassee, Florida, and spoke on the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade and spoke forcefully. Uh, it was a powerful speech that reminded Americans about what Republican officials are trying to do across the country to further take away women's ability to, to make healthcare decisions about their own bodies. Uh, and, you know, this is something that didn't end with Dobbs. It only began. And we're seeing across the country Republican officials uh, pursuing even more extreme actions to prevent access to reproductive health care, uh, to prevent access from medication abortion, which is why yesterday the president issued a presidential memorandum, which the vice president announced, um, to further protect access to medication abortion for women across the country, you know, this is uh, th this accounts for about half of abortions in this country. And so it's critically important. Uh, and that was why that announcement was made yesterday. But, you know, you have seen uh, Republicans in Florida, in Georgia, across the country, trying to do more to further curtail women's access to reproductive health care. And that's why the vice president said yesterday, as she said, the day the Dobbs decision was was leaked and I was working for her then when she said, how dare they? How dare they go after a woman's right? To, to choose, take away a right that had been there for the women of this country for 50 years. Um, and so that fight is far from over. This president, this vice president is continuing to, to do the work on it. But look, they've made clear that 
the one way to fully safeguard a woman's right to choose is to codify Roe v. Wade, which means Congress passing a le- uh, passing legislation and getting it to the president's desk. Uh, and so this fight here is is just beginning. We have just two more minutes. Um, and over the weekend, the president made a cameo on SNL. Now, I didn't watch this live, but I did watch the clip. What from the White House's perspective, what's the strategy when you put the president on SNL? Well, the the um, <laughs> I don't know if you if you saw the back story here but Aubrey Plaza who's White Lotus season two star Mm -hmm. uh, she's from Delaware and in 2018 a a paper in Delaware voted her as the most famous person from the state of Delaware and so (laughs) she uh so this kind of wrote itself you know (laughs) given uh that the president is of course a proud uh Delawarean but uh you know this is part of a strategy to, to engage people where they are across the country you know the president and the first lady did an interview uh with Ryan Seacrest on New Year's Eve, which garners a big audience. The season premiere of SNL garners a big audience. Uh, they called into the Macy's Day Parade. There are moments, even as media habits change, even as you know people are cutting cords, there are moments, cultural moments, that still draw big, large, live audiences. And it's an opportunity for the president, the first lady, to uh, talk about their hope and their optimism. And in the, in the case of Saturday night, to show some, some humor here, and to, to meet people where they are as consumption habits change. And, you know, we obviously have a very uh, innovative digital strategy to engage uh, audiences across platforms where they are. But there are these moments still uh, that people are tuning in live. And, you know, given that Aubrey Plaza was voted most famous person from Delaware, this was an opportunity <laughs> to, to have a funny moment uh, to kick off the new season of SNL. That's so funny, too. The backstory um, makes it <laughs> um, particularly hilarious. I look forward to seeing the president um, at the Super Bowl, <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't know if you can give us a spoiler, but can you? Uh, no, no, no uh, travel <laughs> to announce. <laughs> <laughs> because that's also um, one of those cultural moments where everybody's tuned into the same thing. So um, that's always a fun place um, to see presidents as well. But we loved... We love the SNL cameos, um, especially given the backstory. Herbie Ziskin, White House Deputy Communications Director. Um, we're always grateful to you for taking the time to update us from the White House. Thank you so much for being here this morning, and please stay safe. Thanks, Rolina. I appreciate it. Have a good week. You too. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.